Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. We are in Three Women, Three Ways. Thank you for joining us uh, wherever you're at. I hope the weather is good and up and about doing what you need to do. My name is Heather Stark, and I am the host of Three Women, Three Ways, and which is a whole story in itself, the title for the program. But um, I am uh, more or less an advocate for women's issues, and uh, although I'm not employed as such, I'm actually going to school and working on my Ph.D. dissertation. And this show is about uh, different issues of concern to women, mostly domestic violence issues, uh, violence issues against women, and we have a very interesting show today. We are dealing with a judge in Montana, and joining me is Marion Bradley. Now, she's the state president for the Montana National Organization for Women. She's also a leadership team, uh, part of the leadership team of an online group called We Are Fuse, and I'd like to know more about that, uh, Marion. And she has an MS in psychology. She's worked with sexual assault and domestic violence victims and survivors. She's retired, but she says that with quotes. And uh, she's living with her husband and her 13-year-old daughter. And she lives just outside Billings, Montana. And Montana is the home of a special judge, is Lee Marion. This judge's name is Todd Bow. And, Marion, you tell us why he is so special and noteworthy. Oh, Judge Baugh, who should not be a judge. He, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it is one of those things. He, yeah. in late August, sentenced a teacher rapist of a 14-year-old girl to 31 days in jail, actually 30 days in jail, one day was suspended, and this rapist is now out of jail, living life on probation or parole. Probation. Now I guess let it me is. let me get this right. He was charged with many counts of rape. He actually confessed to at least one count of rape, right? Two. He confessed to two. two. Counts. Okay, so he actually confessed. He admitted to to two counts yes. of rape. So it's not a case of oh gosh, maybe he didn't do it. He admitted to it. So go ahead. What had happened, though, is three years ago when this happened to a young girl, well, three years ago when he was sentenced, to a young girl named Sharice Morales, who was a student of his in a technology class, he was was arrested. He lost his job, lost his house, lost his wife, lost his whole life. That's Stacey Rambold, who... I really have a hard time dealing with him. He confessed, and prior to a trial starting, Sharice Morales committed suicide. And she committed suicide because she was being ridiculed by her friends who all liked this teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was only only 14 when she was raped, right? She was 14 when she was raped. She committed suicide prior to her 17th birthday, before the trial got started. At that time, the prosecution felt that they didn't, without a victim, they did not have a strong enough case, so they gave him a deferred sentence. 
And what happened in this deferred sentence is Rambold was supposed to complete a sex offender training program and do several other things, which he did not do. So late last year, he was kicked out of his sex offender treatment, literally, was told not to come back. And the prosecution re-brought the case up for sentencing because he did not complete his deferred sentence. Well, this case went before the judge. By the way, the same day that that morning, the judge announced he was running for re-election in 2014. That afternoon, he sentenced Stacey Ramble to 15 years all but 30 days or 30 uh, 30 days suspended and a day off for prior time served. So Stacy Rambold is now out of jail living in the community. He did he got out as just a sex week. offender. Yeah, he got yeah. out. I guess it was a couple of, two weeks ago, I Thursday. think. Thursday. Yeah. I think Thursday, it was a week ago, Thursday. And... Yeah. He's yeah. a free man. Well, yeah. well, he isn't a free man. What is really, really interesting about this case is he he left jail. He had to immediately report to his parole officer or probation officer, and he has approximately 50 different restrictions on him, not the least of which is he can't go to a grocery store. He can't go, he can't go out on a date without a chaperone. Oh, really? The chaperone has to be approved by his treatment provider and and, or his probation officer. I mean, the restrictions, I don't think anyone could live with those restrictions, so I'm only hoping he reoffends and goes back to jail. But he's not the real issue here. Considering he wouldn't even complete his sex offender training, you know, treatment. I mean, it's like, wow. I want to interrupt right now, Mary, and and give out our phone number, because I know this is an issue that really stirs a lot of people, and we would love for you to call in and join us. The phone number is 646-378-0430. Call us, talk with Marion, uh, give us your opinion, and uh, let us know how you feel about this particular issue. Again, that's 646-378-0430. Well, Marion, I was interested in um, one of the restrictions. He was not supposed to ever be alone with the children, and he's correct. already violated that. He's already yeah. been alone, and, and he felt that, that apparently he felt that uh, it was okay because they were relatives. <laughs> so he's clear, you know, he's already violated at least one of those restrictions. So why don't they take his ass back to jail? I have no idea. I think um, he has an excuse for that, his attorney. Well, I think what was interesting is he was when he appeared before this judge, his attorney got up there and said, don't you think Mr. Rambolt has lost enough? He lost his house. He lost his job. He lost his wife. And we're all going, he should lose the rest of his time for his life should be in jail. I mean, you don't get away. And then the judge, in all his wonderful glory, said the reason he did this sentence it was not, this was not Hollywood. This was not the knockdown violent rape 
that most people oh. think. And he believes that Cherise took an active part in this relationship, even though she was 14 and age of consent is not 16. So she couldn't even consent even on any level. She was a child. Yeah, even if she, she, was wa- you know, even if she really, really wanted this relationship with this guy, legally it was still rape. Yes. Plus this and guy was her against- teacher. This guy was yes. her teacher. She trusted him. He was in a, uh, uh, I mean, he was in a role of authority over her. Did she have any disabilities? Um, not not in the sense of disabilities. I think she was struggling. She's being raised by a single mom, and I think you know, she's fourteen years old. I'm raising a thirteen year old. They, you yeah. know, yeah, any young teen, any teenager. Age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my sister used to say children don't turn into human beings until they're 25. <laughs> no, it's absolutely true. You know, yeah. if you look at brain development, a child's brain does not develop completely until they're 25. So yeah. how can she at the age of 14 give consent to this teacher who obviously was grooming her? I had a conversation with someone who I thought was really interesting. And I we were talking about why we think this has raised such a furor in this country. And she goes, I think it hit something with women, not only with sexual assault victims, but we all remember that time in high school when a teacher came up to us and it felt creepy, as she described it. When the teacher may have put their hand on us, made a comment about us. And I was thinking back, and, you know, I'm considerably older, and I went, you know, I remember that. I remember that teacher doing that. I never had that. So, but I, I, you know, I I grew up in a very, very tiny town. Um, right. You know, so I, I never experienced anything like that. Um, but I, I've heard from a lot of women who have, who remember that kind of an experience in high school. And, in fact, I've heard from a lot of women who had, uh, who were uh, pressured into having sex with a teacher. So apparently this is not a totally unusual phenomenon. No, um, it isn't. And I thought that was that was really it's one of those things that you just wonder. You wonder yeah. why it is what it is. And you have to understand, this man, this rapist, which is what he is, mm-hmm. three years prior to sexually assaulting Cherise, he was warned by school administration to keep his hands off some of his students. He was getting too familiar with them. Oh, my God. So what? So he was warned. So then what kind of supervision did they put in place? None. Oh, my so God. So much so that the school district paid the mom, paid Teresa's mom, but it wasn't, you know, it's not enough to take away the loss of your daughter. I mean, Of course not. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. And have we heard anything from the mother? I mean, was she outraged? Yeah, she, the day of the sentencing, she ran out of court, hysterical, yelling and screaming that justice was not served. Mom, mom is, um, she's obviously enraged. Wonderful lady. I've met her several times. I really, you know, I feel for her. So much. One of the things that she is, um, she's really focusing on 
Rambolt. There is an appeal for mm-hmm. the sentence. And, and Rambolt is, is a rapist. Rambolt is a rapist. Mom, Miss Hanlon, is um, she's focusing on that appeals process and getting mm-hmm. justice in that respect. We, on the other hand, are focusing on removing the judge and yeah. the appeals process. So. Now, now you, now Montana Now National Organization of Women filed some legal paperwork last week. Was it last week? Yeah, two yeah. weeks ago. To try and address this issue, and now you did that with MoveOn.org, or you did uh, that on your own? Oh, we did it on our own, along with Pennsylvania Now, and they were involved with us because of what happened with Jerry Sandusky and Joe Paterno in Pennsylvania. Oh. Yeah. So they joined us in this. Mm-hmm. And Ultraviolet, there's a group, an online group called We Are Ultraviolet, who did a petition and received 83,000 signatures or somewhere around there. Our MoveOn.org petition had 50-something thousand signatures. I think all in all, we filed this complaint, and the complaint was signed by Montana now, but it was also, it's witnessed and the way that this process works. Signatures on petitions and all the news media become witnesses to this complaint. So we went in there with over 140,000 witnesses. Wow. And paperwork, boxes and boxes and boxes of comments. Everything that anybody signed in a petition for this case got delivered. Yeah. And what was the reaction when you took that into the court? Now, wait a minute. First of all, is this guy a federal judge or a local judge? He's a district court judge, state district court. District court. court. So a state. He's yeah. appointed by the state. Or right. is, Or is it an elected position? It's, elected. it's an elected position. It's elected. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, okay. So um, you guys, uh, you know, decided to take some real action on this. I want to give a little bit of background on uh, judge. Is it Bow or Bow? Bow. Bow, okay. Um, he is a judge for the 13th District Court in Montana, elected in 1984, and uh, ran opposed, unopposed for re-election in 1990, 1996, 2006, 2008, and he, his current term expires next year. Okay, So he has not had a lot of opposition in his political career. He got a B.A. in economics from Rice University in 1964, and then got a law degree from the University of Texas in 1967 and was admitted as a lawyer to the bar in 1967. And um, that, so, you know, he, he did the, the route there, and it uh, sounds like, based on his uh, biography, that he's probably an older man, right? If he, yes, uh, he is. Uh, Me too. I would imagine he, I would see, if he was admitted to the bar in 67, um, then he's probably 70 or so? He's 72. Ah, see, I can do good rate, uh, good uh, yes. math here. Well, um, interesting. He yeah. ran unopposed because to run for that position, you would have to run against a sitting judge. If you lost, you then have to appear before that judge in another case. No one wants to run against him. Ah, 
I see. So it would you'd have to be an attorney to run against him. But if you lost, then you still have to file your cases and and do your work in front of him where he's making decisions about um, about the cases and the people you're representing. So yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. it, let's see, Billings. I mean, by it's not a small town, but you know, by um, kind of, I guess you know world standards, it's pretty tiny. Um, a hundred, how many? A hundred thousand people. Hundred thousand people. So that's not a whole lot. Hundred thousand people. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can see where um, you know uh, j- uh, uh, lawyers might be a little intimidated there uh, to go up against this guy. So, um, what do you think about his political career down in the future? <laughs> if I have anything to do about it, this judge will <laughs> never run. For- <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we have some so choices. Is, is, yeah. So, we, is we there filed a, com- what? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. We filed. <laughs> we filed our complaint, which would, if it, if it gets accepted, well, it, it's gone to the Judicial Standards Commission, and their process is they review it. They could sanction the judge if they call for any severe sanctions. It goes before our state legislature. Or the that actually would go no that goes before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court of Montana would then hear the case of this judge and could potentially remove him from office. Mm-hmm. Our other option and, was to go to the Montana Legislature, which only meets every two years, and they would not meet until 2015. That's not an option. Oh, Our no. best option is to work either through the Judicial Standards Commission, which we did or go and work to get him not to run for re-election and put enough pressure on him. Yeah. And that's what we're hoping will happen, that he yeah. will either resign. Our local newspaper, the Billings Gazette, did an editorial this past Sunday and called for his resignation. Yeah. So he, Has he just been laying low during this whole process? Or has – I I noticed oh, – yeah. I found I, – well, I found one article – that kind of confused me because um let me see let me find it here flipping through paperwork oh this one is from um slate online and okay. it says that the judge admitted blaming a teen for her own rape and i guess we didn't really talk about that uh was stupid he said he was stupid but he stands by the sentence okay yeah. he says he's now sorry for saying a 14-year-old girl was partly responsible for her own rape, but he says he still hasn't changed his mind on the remarkably light sentence he gave to the former teacher who raped her. Okay. Well, well he has also called his sentence illegal. So. Oh, really? Yeah, there's another article. And he actually, he called for a hearing, a, a new sentencing hearing several weeks ago, I think it was early September, something like that. Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court stepped in and ordered him not to hold the hearing. So this judge, as arrogant as he is, decides to hold what I describe as a non-hearing slash press conference. And media were in his courtroom. He called court to order, had a court stenographer there, and then... I videoed it, and actually my husband videoed it, and I actually posted it online on my Facebook page. But there is a thing. He talked for 15 minutes 
and said how stupid he was and the sentence was illegal and he thought he could change it, but now he's found out he can change it. How can a man be a judge if he doesn't know what the law is? Well, exactly. I mean, I mean this uh, well, is crazy. Uh, we, we were talking a little bit before we went on air about um, the. Let's let's explain a little bit about the system, okay? A judge, okay, a, a district court judge, is is elected in many. I think there might be some states that still appoint, but uh, most of them have elected, okay? There are overseeing bodies, okay, just one, and this is the uh, judicial review in most states. There are also federal and state sentencing guidelines that come up. For Montana, the sentencing guidelines are virtually non-existent. Uh, For rape, they have no mandatory minimum sentence. They uh, recommend prison time of two to 100 years, but the judge has total discretion in doing that. So uh, according to the legal guidelines, Bao did nothing wrong with his sentencing. Okay. Um, according to moral guidelines, that's something completely different. Once those, uh, that sentence was laid down, there can be an appeal, but because of the outrage that um, the community felt over this sentence, there was a lot of uh, community uh, upheaval. There was a lot of people that were upset. That's when uh, Bao called his little, what you called a press conference, um, and he said so many contradictory things there, you know, as, as you mentioned, but there were also other contradictory things that were just astounding to me. Um, anyway, that, then the um, case is pretty much in the hands of an appeal, and in this case, who uh, who appealed the case, the actual case? Uh, the appeal in the state of Montana needs to happen through the attorney general's office. Okay, um, and the and the attorney general has already filed an appeal. Well, what they filed a notice of intent to appeal because when the judge sentenced, this is where it gets a little more complicated. When the judge sentenced Stacy Ramble to his sentence. He never did a written sentence. What? He he never signed a written order sentencing him. It was only verbal. That sounds a little weird. Yes. It is a little weird. It is very strange. So he was ordered by the Supreme Court, the judge was, to not have a hearing and to sign a written order, which he said he did, but nobody has really seen that written order. I mean, nobody has seen his order with the sentence. It's a little more complicated than that. Um, So the state attorney general's office is waiting for the complete signed case file, Mm -hmm. which has to include that order from the judge to the attorney general's office before they can officially file their appeal. Very weird. Okay. Very weird. <laughs> if you're as confused of, about this whole system as I am and would like to join our conversation, please give us a call. 646-378-0430. That's 646-378-0430. And, um, boy, this case, I'm starting to think, is this judge, you know, I mean, maybe I'm making a, a, a glaring stereotype 
assumption here. But given his age uh, and this kind of erratic behavior, does he have any issues? I mean, is he completely alert and completely... Judges don't have to undergo any kind of psychological testing. <laughs> we have no idea. You know, because it does sound a little, you know, a little strange. Um, well, ha- ha- you know, there are... Have, has he um, done any other cases that raised eyebrows? Yeah, he has a case. He sentenced a pastor or a minister, a youth minister, who raped a 10-year-old boy to 100 years. Ooh. Yeah. A hundred years for raping a ten year old boy and thirty days for raping a fourteen year old girl. Yes. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Um You're gonna break I'm, it I'm up a... or should I? <laughs> <laughs> we oh, actually <laughs> in our complaint and there was a lot of talk about this. We have this elephant in the room. Everyone had basically spoken about the judge and his sentence, and nobody asked the question. And let's be very clear about this. We accuse the judge in our complaint um, of showing misconduct and prejudice based on race, sex, gender, age, and socioeconomic status. Okay. You have to understand, Therese Morales was a Hispanic girl mm-hmm. who was four, third, 14 at the time, and her rapist was a teacher, a white male, middle-class male who owned his own home. It Mom is and daughter lived in a, in, a, in a not, you know, not the higher economic, socioeconomic, part of Billings, Montana. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at some things here that are not exactly equal and what, there could be some gender bias and some other things. What what so, are the demographics of the um the young the ten year old boy? He was a white boy. Huh. And the Middle age class. of the rapist? Um and the age of the rapist? I think he was in his mid forties, thirties, forties, something like that. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, it could be substantial. Um, you know, yes, definitely could. could definitely could be. Um <laughs> We're saying we don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um has he, you know, as far as his his life a judge judge's life in the community, is he was he well respected before this or were, you know, do you know? Well, I think that I don't really know. I, You know, a lot of people who have had bad decisions by him have stepped forward. Very few people have said good things about him. Well, I mean, I think fairness, the community is outraged at this man, and we don't care how good he's done in the past. This was just unreasonable. Yeah. Well, what and I'm thinking is, is, illegal. This a, is this a pattern of behavior for this man? We don't think so. We don't think mm-hmm. so. I've had a couple of people look in his past cases, it's not a pattern for this man. It is a pattern in the state of Montana and every other state in this country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we can talk about that a little bit. Um, there is an organization called RAIN, Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. 
and they're kind of a clearinghouse on uh, statistics. They do some studies, and, and they came out with a report recently that said that 97 of every 100 rapists receive no punishment. Okay. Now, they're basing that on the fact that only 46% of rapes get uh, reported to police. Only 12% of that 46% lead to an arrest. Only 9 out of the 12 get prosecuted. Only 5 out of the 9 get a felony conviction. And only 3 of those 5 will spend a single day in prison. So um, I've met people, I'm sure you have too, who think that, oh gosh, if a girl says she was raped, that's just ruining a guy's career, you know, entire life, da-da-da-da-da. But, you know, when you, when you look at these statistics, that less than half of, of rapes actually get reported, and once it goes through all of those steps, only three rapists will actually get a, a, a prison sentence. Now, it seems to me that um, that's not a very high percentage, and um, I can't help but believe that uh, a lot of rapists who are, have been reported and even found guilty don't—they get to slide a little bit. So they maybe they get to slide a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe Stacy Rambold is just one of those um, those guys who, who gets a little slap on the hand along with all of these other guys. You know? Absolutely. And that's where this case has taken us. I think it's been I think it's been an eye opener for people throughout this country. I think I mean, I've spent a lot of time over the past couple of months since this happened, trying to you know, six weeks, whatever it is, trying to figure out why it hit the national spotlight the way it did. And one of the things that I think is if it happens in Billings, Montana, in a small community, where we typically, if we have a protest or a rally, we're lucky we get 25 people. We had almost 700. Wow. Why, if it happens in Billings, Montana, can I believe it doesn't happen in every other state in this country? And I have been getting emails from people and comments and messages and and I've calculated it's 40 separate states and I know in those 40 states at least one case where something like this has happened. Wow. So we are looking at a judicial system throughout this country that is not handling sexual rapists and rape cases, sexual assault cases against females the way they should be. And I don't know if it is lack of education. I do know that Judge Baugh went through education in these kinds of cases. I know for a fact he was on, supposedly he was there, he signed into it, but, you know, does he remember anything? I have no idea. No. But this is happening in every state. Somebody in Oregon told me, that in her county it's happening. And I said, well, if it's ha- with a prosecutor, I said, if it's happening in your county, it's happening in your state. And she goes, you're right. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, yeah. So, I think you know, that the um, the thing that, um, you know, really um, 
just drove it home for me uh, in this case was when, I don't think we've mentioned that, but when he, when the judge issued the sentence um, to uh, the, the rapist, um, he basically gave a little speech that said that the 14-year-old girl was just as responsible for the rape as the perpetrator. That she was more mature than her 14 years would indicate. And that because of that, um, because of her shared responsibility, he gave the lighter sentence to the former teacher who raped her. And when I read that, I thought, you know, I'm a little long in the tooth. I'm not a young kid. And I remember when I was a kid, the first thing that happened when anybody ever actually uh, was raped, when word got out that somebody had been raped, was what was she doing? What was she wearing? What, you know, what, what did she do to bring this on? And I read that sentence, you know, that, that, that phrase or that, you know, um, little speech that Judge Bao gave, and I thought, oh, my God, it's 45 years ago. It's 45 yes. years ago. We are blaming it, a 14-year-old girl for her own mm-hmm. rape. Yes. Uh, how can anyone in good conscience do that? Which um, is why this judge needs to be removed, and we need to look at what is happening. How can this happen? This is not okay. Yeah. This is part. This is indicative of something I've been trying to fight and bring to attention. Is we live in a culture that promotes this kind of behavior. You know what we see in our media, in our magazines, in our newspapers, on our TV shows, on our ads. Everything promotes this thing of if you are not, if you are not looking this way, you are not okay. And if you look this way, then your skirt was too short and you asked for it. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And we, well, and we see that in domestic violence issues all the time. You know, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Why did she say? What did she do to tick him off? Why, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I've been hearing this for 50 years. Yeah, when so are we right. going to get the idea? that sometimes it doesn't matter what you wear, what you do, someone will hurt you mm-hmm. as a woman. When when are we going to get that? I think we, we pay a certain amount of lip service to it, but this case illustrates that there's certainly that assumption out there, at least, you know, at least in one judge, uh, and I suspect in a lot more. So It's a lot you know, more, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, what do you think will happen with your uh, legal action that you filed this week? What do I think will happen? Probably nothing. Really? Um, Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think unless the Judicial Standards Commission decides that they are going to step out on a limb with this judge, nothing will happen. Because one of the things that happens is their hearings are held in private. So we will never know. I filed this I filed this complaint and we had news media there taking pictures and doing video and everything else. 
I got a letter from them, which is a standard letter saying, you realize you're not supposed to talk about this complaint. It is supposed to be confidential. Anyway, and yeah, well, what law is is that based on? There is no law. So that's just what they, their, their uh, modus operandi yeah. is. They don't want, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, judges are, you know, judges are a very protected species. Um, nobody really has authority over judges. And no. like you said, this Judicial uh, Standards Committee Commission, they can make recommendations or they can issue sanctions, but they can't really kick him off the bench. Nope. He could be kicked off the bench by the Montana Supreme Court. And... You know, only if the Standards Commission recommend, you know, puts it before the Supreme Court. And the yeah. Supreme Court is already going to hear, they've already gotten in this judge's face over his sentence and not to have a hearing in his order he didn't sign. So, and they're also going to hear the appeals case, which, by the way, Montana now, Pennsylvania now, and a number of other organizations are stepping up and fight we're going to apply to file a brief to the Supreme Court. Uh, It's called an amicus brief, and it's a friend of the court. We're going to provide information on why we believe the sentence was not good. Yeah, it it stuns me that we'd have to actually (laughs) explain to anyone why this sentence is not good. Um, I'm, I'm just absolutely gobsmacked by the whole thing. I really am. Yeah, and you know, I don't think we we have to explain to anyone, any person on the street. I think the people we have to explain to are the people in power and authority. And again, why should we have to when a rape is power and control? Power and control is being exerted again Mm-hmm. Over this mother and over this family and over a community. Yeah. So, yeah. in a sense, not only was Sharif violated, but a whole community was. And by the judge's sentence, if you take it even further, a whole country was. That's not okay. Yeah. It's not as narrow as it appears to be. So, yeah. That's my. Well, you know. Like I said before, I think judges are a very protected species. Um, no one wants judges to uh, be influenced um, unduly by any any other body. You know, we want our judges to be uh, free to uh, issue opinions and decisions, and we don't want them to be uh, beholden or influenced uh, about what might happen. And so I, in that respect, I understand why we have such a, uh, a system of leave the judge alone. However, when you have uh, people who are in a decision-making, ability, uh, decision-making um, role who basically have no authority over them, you're just opening the door for um, this kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's the next step um, for now? You filed this um, this uh, complaint with the Judicial Standards Commission. How mm-hmm. long will they take to, to review this material and issue a decision? Forever. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not... 
I'm not being I'm being sarcastic. You know, they have no time restriction on how long they could do that. They are still reviewing cases from 2012. And you have to understand, they don't get that many complaints. So yeah, I was just thinking, how many do they get? Yeah, yeah, not um, very many. Yeah. So meanwhile, um, does this guy have any support? In the community, I mean, are there groups standing up or friends of his standing up saying, "Oh, he was misunderstood" or something? No, no, okay, nobody. So he's he's no. probably but his political be, career. You have to understand, we had this rally up outside the courthouse where we had close to seven hundred people. Some people came from out of state, a lot of local community people, and this rally was put together in less than two days by two other people and myself, and. The judge, while we were speaking, the judge stood in the background and never said a word. Stood there with his arms folded, listened to what we all had to say, and left. The, the, the standard, I am completely closed off, folded arms across the chest. Yes, pose. you got it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, say you know, what you want. I am not changing my mind. Yeah. I am a judge. Well, you know, it was several days later that he announced that he was going to have a new hearing the following week. But I I still don't understand. I don't understand his, his theory. I mean, a producer of a TV sh- uh, a show on Fox News um, went to the judge's house, asked him some questions. The judge led him all the way up into the garage, never told him to leave, and then slammed, pushed him and slammed the door in his face. That was from Bill O'Reilly's producer. I mean, the judge has, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. He's just arrogant. And he's, I mean, I, I can't even begin to describe this I know. man. I found I, myself sputtering quite a bit during this show. I mean, it's just <laughs> so amazing. It's just so amazing, first of all, that that attitude remains in this day and age. It's so amazing that this man can be in a position of authority that he is in and still maintain um, that kind of an attitude. Um, he sees, you know, I mean, has anybody done a study of his general cases? I mean, um, district court gets all sorts of cases, you know, not just uh, uh, rape cases. Has anybody done a study of his previous uh, uh, judgments and to see whether or not there is the same apparent bias, uh, uh, socioeconomic bias or gender bias? I I think most people are looking at his cases and every other case. Our local newspaper initially had done some reviewing and said, hmm, we find some concern with sexual assault cases. That's what everybody's been looking at. There is a major nationwide newspaper that is relatively conservative who has done a study um, and is interviewing people in Montana. But again, it's not only Montana. And you, I really hate yep. for Montana to get thrown under the bus on this because yeah. it is not strictly a Montana issue. But I think... Exactly. Um, there is, there are some reports out there on how many cases are reported. And again, going with the st- statistics you have from Rain, I think this is bearing it out. 
I think we just happen to be the focal point. And, you know, I want to be clear, it is just not Montana, but we have to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you if know, we can I mean, bring I, it to the national conversation, then we're, then we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And maybe this girl would not have taken her own life. And maybe this rapist would have gotten more time in jail if we could just bring it up and say to other people in other states, you can do this. You can put a stop to it in your own state. We are finding some of our judges even changing, not, but they're giving a little bit harsher sentences in DV, DV and sexual assault cases since this case. So yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, if you guys have, if your state has to carry the burden for that, well, I'm sorry, but somebody's got to be the first one to, you know, really come to light and, and fight this. Um, one of the articles that I read uh, was from MSN um, News, MSN.com, and um, they did a, a rather interesting article about how this particular case uh, is just indicative of the disparity in sentencing over yes. uh, rape charges. And um, even at the beginning stage, at the arrest stage, and if the victim does not have credibility, they're not even going to make an arrest. And right. the prosecutors are not going to file charges because they're going to lose. You know, I mean, when... When prosecutors make a decision about whether or not to file uh, charges and, and prosecute a case, they're not going to prosecute cases they think they're going to lose. That's a waste of money. So no matter how um, significant it would be to prosecute some of these people and how just it would be to prosecute some of these people, it's not going to happen if the victim doesn't have you know absolutely impeccable credibility. Okay, so and, let's... Stop right there. Let's look at this case. Okay. The okay. prosecution had agreed to prosecute this case. Yep. Which shows so that, that, yeah, take it down the road. If that's what they're saying, in this particular case, Sharice Morales, at that point in time, had to be a very credible witness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, what they call a righteous victim. That's one who doesn't have, you know, who doesn't drink, who's not wearing the short skirt, who doesn't uh, engage in high-risk behaviors. Those are the ones that they will prosecute. They're more likely to pursue those cases with what they call the righteous victim. Right. Did this young girl exhibit any kind of behavior that might indicate that she was not a righteous victim? Um, not that I can tell. Not that I can tell. It doesn't that way to me. Yeah. And if you look yeah. at pictures of her, I mean, I said I'm raising a 13-year-old. I've raised several other teenage girls. You look at any of them at the age of 14, you know, they care about how they look. Yeah. I mean, it just the picture. And if you look at her photos on the Internet, she is a typical 14-year-old girl. There is yeah. nothing... You know, 14, 15, 16-year-old girl. You know, she wears some makeup. Her hair is nice. She has nice clothes on, you know, typically in the summertime with shorts and, you know, tank tops. Mm -hmm. And typical what any other 
girl her age would be wearing. So, again, you can't look at what people are wearing and make a judgment. So how dare this judge do what he did? Now, another thing from this MSN article that I found interesting was that as far as in making the decision to prosecute, um, they uh, not only are looking for the righteous victim, but they're also looking for legitimate rape. Now, that's what their, their terminology. So in their view, and I think this ties in quite, uh, quite handily with what the Judge Bao did, the legitimate rape is um, where police and prosecutors don't believe that they can, um, or they, a, 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 a rape that is not what they consider a legitimate rape is one where the police and prosecutors don't think that they can uh, put proof beyond a reasonable doubt when they're doing that uh, prosecuting. So in other words, a legitimate rape is one where force is used, where there are marks and bruises and, you know, broken bones maybe, or, you know, where there is force used that is indisputable that this girl put up a fight or this girl did not want this. And that made me think of uh, Judge Bao's comments about yes. her, this girl, this 14-year-old, having control over her situation. She wasn't beaten up, and the judge says that. You know, this girl wasn't, uh, you know, beaten and forced into having uh, intercourse with this man. So clearly this judge is thinking that this is not a, quote, legitimate rape. They don't have evidence that this girl fought and scratched and kicked and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But he's completely ignoring that whole, um, you know, teacher authority, I'm afraid to not do what the teacher wants kind of a, a dynamic that goes on between authority figures and victims. Absolutely. And one of the things you need to be aware of, Montana does not have a crime called statutory rape, which is probably what most of your listeners are familiar with hearing. Yes. Statutory rape being having any kind of sexual relationship with a, a person who is under the age of consent. Under the age of consent or when the victim is under the age of consent and the rapist is three more years older in a position of power and authority or perceived yes. power. Okay. Yes. And this is this is not driven by the victim and the rapist have to be of opposite sexes either. So, I mean, it's pretty gender neutral if you look at it. In the state of Montana, what Stacey Ramble pled guilty to was sexual intercourse without consent. We do not have a statutory rape charge. So it's sexual intercourse without consent. And that would mean she was she didn't give consent. Well, okay, she's not of legal age to give consent. So that's when the age of 16, which is legal age of consent, the state of Montana kicks in. So no matter how you look at it, this child could not have given consent. No, no. And how Very perplexing. Yeah, and how did this judge, I, I mean, it must have just been prejudice on his part, you know? I mean, yes. Which means That's that... That's all you can think of. Yeah. Yeah, 
I, I, it just is astounding. Okay, so what's next? You said that you don't expect this uh, uh, complaint to go very far, um, but it's certainly doing a great job of getting publicity and focusing attention on the incident that, that of Judge Bao. Um, but what happens next? I mean, if we're we're kind of waiting to see if prosecutors will file an appeal. They've already indicated and they a will file the appeal. Go. We've already established they're going to file the appeal. We're working on putting something together to ask the Supreme Court to file a brief. Um, outside of that, we kind of just keep an eye on what's happening. And if the uh, my personal opinion is the judge is going to he's arrogant enough to think he is going to get reelected if he runs again, and we'll have as a community have to step up and change that. Um, several attorneys have we've reached out to several attorneys asking them if they would be willing to run against him. Um, if the judge were to resign today, our governor would choose his replacement until the election happened. So I well, think is there we any have to do what we can do. Judge, is there any indication that this Judge Bow might just back out and resign? No. Hmm. He's too arrogant. He doesn't think he did anything wrong except being a little bit stupid. And, you know, everybody's stupid, I guess, in his world. I have no idea. We're pressing. And our local newspapers in our community are pressing all the time. So I think if we put enough pressure on him and the media stays involved and we kind of look at this, I think we may be able to put enough pressure on him that at least he will not run for re-election. Yeah, yeah. One could hope. I, but is there anybody in the in the the backup there that that would be a good replacement? I mean, have you thought about you know seeking somebody to go up against this guy? And we have um, a couple good. of attorneys that have you know even said they might consider doing this. I think it's a really tough decision until we know what the judge is going to do. I don't think this man would ever get reelected. Well, how did somebody describe it? Um, it's pretty crude, actually. If the only he probably wouldn't even get reelected if Hitler rose from the dead and was running against him. I mean, oh, that's wow. how bad he. Yeah, people are pretty adamant in the community that he will not get reelected, and there is not a lot of support from him, and he is yeah. pretty much hiding out. So. Yeah. Well, you and know, I know he's hired way... an attorney. That that I know. So. Oh, he did. Yeah. I don't know who so the attorney he, is. So are there any criminal charges that could be brought against this guy? There are. Not that I No, there aren't any criminal charges, but I think I think he may be expecting something to come from the standards commission. Okay, all right. Yeah, so he would need an attorney to represent him there. Um yeah, yeah. Or any, any the kind of any, any professional right whether it's doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever, they have uh, some sort of um, um, 
licensure board or you know some something right. similar to the judicial commission and if they provide sanctions then the uh professional does have the right to appeal those sanctions and to right. you know have an attorney represent him or her so okay well big mess here um big yes. big mess okay. and uh Dr. Bao just or Dr. Bao uh Judge Bao just stepped right into it and um you guys are taking action, for which I am grateful. If somebody wants to help you, who do they contact? They can they can contact, send an email to now.montana at gmail.com. Okay. Now.montana at gmail.com. Correct. Or they can go on to our Facebook page, which is Montana National Organization for Women. Okay. And I assume that you're accepting financial contributions for this? Absolutely. Okay. And um, how are you guys settling in for the long haul here? I mean, you... uh, We are. We are. It is one of those things. We have a number of people in the state who are very driven on this. Um, my two, the two people who started this whole process with me um, are still involved with it. They've been, they've been searching out people who are talking to this reporter. I think, I think we have a good network. There is also a website that we keep updated. Uh, it is called Justice. Well, it's not, it's a Facebook page. It's Justice J-U-S-T-I-C-E for the number four, Cherise. C-H-E-R-I-C-E. Okay, do you want to give that again? Justice for... Justice for the number four, Cherise. C-H-E-R-I-C-E. Join that page. Like that page. We'd love to have you there. You can keep up. You could ask questions. Whatever you want to do. Lots of comments come in on it. People are still outraged. Just got a voicemail from someone like two days ago who said, I just read this in my local paper, and she's in some little community in Kansas someplace. And she said, I hadn't heard about it. I don't watch television, but I just saw this in my local newspaper. What can I do to help? Yeah, very good, very good. Um, I also want to give some resources. If you are a victim of rape or you know a person who has been raped, there is an organization called RAIN, with two N's, R-A-I-N-N dot org, and they're a good resource for you to go to. And uh, there is also a wonderful organization called National Sexual Violence Resource Center. That's National Sexual Violence Resource Center, N-S-V-R-C, and they are a .org, nsvrc.org. And uh, they can give you some uh, resources, some help, if you're looking for uh, assistance regarding rape issues. They're not a, a counseling session, but uh, they can give you some resources and at least a place to go. So it's RAIN, R-A-I-N-N.org, or nsvrc.org. It's a starting place, anyway, if you are looking for uh, assistance and you've been raped. If you would like to help the uh, cause here for, that uh, Montana's now is uh, doing and pursuing against this judge, it's now.montana at gmail.com. And... 
I always like to end our show, Marion, with a quote. And this was a challenge for me, to find a quote that was apropos. Um, So I did find one by Frida Adler, and I think most of us are familiar with that name. Mm -hmm. And her quote is, It is little wonder that rape is one of the least reported crimes. Perhaps it is the only crime in which the victims becomes the accused, and in reality it is she who must prove her good reputation, her mental soundness, and her impeccable propriety. And it sounds like uh, that's something that uh, Judge Bao would have agreed with. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a sad situation, absolutely a sad it situation. Is sad. With, with it this is. girl, um, you know, when the perpetrator talking about what he lost, look at what the victim lost. Thank you for joining <laughs> us this week. Good to have you here on this very serious topic, and join us next week. We are three women, three ways. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> 